really helpful. So if you want to do that, I don't mind you scuttling over there even now uh, to fill that in. Brilliant. Anyway, we're preaching a new series today. Today I Choose Joy. That isn't the name of the, the series, uh, but that is part of our sermon today. This is the name of our sermon series. Uh, pray with Jesus. Isn't that a good idea? Do you like that idea? I mean, if you're going to learn to pray, if you're going to learn to pray, then I think learning to pray with Jesus would probably be the ultimate, would it not? Yes? If uh, the choice was uh, we can learn to pray, we use Howard's technique or Jesus's technique, which one would you go for? Yeah, well, I should hope so. <laughs> I should hope so. Pray with Jesus. And this is this is this has actually come out of our uh, training program with our preachers, May and I. Would we've we've come up with this one, haven't we, May? Yes, that's right. So we're going to be looking at the uh, the parts of the Bible where Jesus is actually praying, and it's recorded. So that's, I'm really enjoying that uh, uh, that development and and that idea. Yeah, I want to learn to pray with Jesus. So anyway, let's have a look at um, at today's prayer. Well, I need, just need to flick back along here. I love that choose. Today I choose joy. Anyway, there we go. Oh, but before we get there, this is really what's coming out of today's uh, sermon. Well, one of the things, but you know, God's kingdom is in you and you are in God's kingdom. I wonder if you could say that to your neighbor. God's kingdom is in you, and you are in God's kingdom. Oh, I like that. I'm sure you're thinking, oh, oh Howard, tell us more. Tell us more. God's kingdom is in you. God's kingdom is in you. And so when we think about that, we're actually thinking about God's power, the same power that was demonstrated last week, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, when he was raised again physically to life, but also in the incident that we're, that we're just following on from uh, today in this passage. And it's uh, if you have your Bibles with you, and if you don't, use your phones. We have a few Bibles at the back. Uh, that happens. I've got two on here. Um, you can have one of these. If anybody's got really, really good eyesight, you can use this one. Yes. The 72, we're in Luke chapter 10, verses 17 to 22. Luke chapter 10, verses 17 to 22. And we would read the passage before, uh, but for time, I'm going to set that as homework. That's what that is. Uh, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord... Even the demons submit to us in your name. Wow. Yeah. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And here we get to the prayer. At that time, Jesus 
full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Let's just read that prayer again, because that's where we're learning our stuff from today. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, a really important aspect for us, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. That's his prayer. That's it. Just that little bit. Yeah. All things have been committed to be to me by my Father. He's again speaking to his disciples. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal himself. So, you've got some just wonderful uh, instruction here as we look at the events happening to the disciples and then Jesus' prayer in response. So, if you could just put yourself in the place of the disciples. I'm just going to take my glasses off for a second. You'll see that I've I've damaged my face. I was running home from music practice the other day, and I decided to check just how fast I was running by looking at my watch, because it tells me that sort of stuff. And then I thought I should stop looking at my watch now, because I know there's a curb coming up. And because I was running so fast, in the time that it took me to stop looking at my watch and reach the curb, too much time had elapsed. And so I went face down. I face planted. It's a beautiful moment, really, because it was just outside of St. Stephen's Church. So in a very real sense, I was in, a, in an attitude of worship, prostrate before the Lord as I fell on my face. So uh, it was a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment, uh, but that's, you know, that's why that is. But, yeah, I just want us to put ourselves in the place of those disciples. Those disciples have returned to Jesus. If you remember, Jesus sent out the, the 72. He sent them. He gave them authority to cast out demons and heal the sick, and he sent them to all the towns and villages that he was going to go and, and proclaim God's truth in. And because they went in his name, remarkable things happened. Demons fled. I don't know how many of you have seen demons coming out of people. I've seen that. Yeah, It's a remarkable thing to see. Yes, I don't know how many of you have physically seen with your own eyes the evidence of God's healing power. I hope it's lots of you. But, uh, but I have seen those things. And I know that many of you will have seen those things, but we know that that is absolutely the experience of these disciples. They didn't come running back to Jesus just to say, we've had a really good time chatting to people about your visit. No, they had an amazing time. They were super excited because they had seen God's power in their lives.
God's kingdom is in you, and you are in God's kingdom. That's what he was teaching these people. And they were so excited. Well, I'm sure you can imagine it. If you've, if you've seen the power of God, you're excited, aren't you? Yes? When you've, when you've encountered God just in worship, you're in a, in a wonderful moment in your life. But when you've actually seen him saving people, when you've actually seen uh, demons responding to your commands, when you've actually seen healings happen in response to your faith, then it's mind-blowing, yes? And, and, of course, this is what had happened to the disciples. Their minds were blown, and they were like little kids running back to Jesus going, you won't believe just what's happened to us. You won't believe it, yeah? And Jesus is absolutely loving this moment. But he's not loving this moment because... Uh, of the miracles that they've seen. He's loving this moment because they've realized that God's kingdom is in them. And if they're, they're explaining it, oh, we've seen this thing and we've seen that thing. And he says to them, don't, don't be excited because you've seen this thing and you've seen that thing and you've seen the other thing. Be excited because the penny has, penny has dropped. You understand. And the response to that is this amazing prayer, which is Jesus, full of joy, through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Who's he calling the little children in this situation? His disciples. His disciples. And I just think that's very... Lovely. Anyway, we'll come to that in a, in a moment or two. But I just want us to, to focus on the fact that Jesus was joyful. Yes? Jesus was joyful. Now, we, what do we sing? We sing a song called Man of Sorrows, don't we? And uh, we've just had Easter. And Easter, we think, on Good Friday. Uh, Good Friday, well, with Jesus suffered and he died and it was horrible. And, and I think sometimes that when we think about Jesus, we think of a very serious person. Yes, we think of somebody who has the weight of the world on his shoulders, which of course he did have at, on Good Friday. Yes, the weight of the world on his shoulders. But what do we also know about Jesus? That he was, what was the main accusation that was made against him by the Pharisees and so on? What was the accusation? It was about how he spent his time, wasn't it? In whose company he spent his time. Let me read you a little scripture. Here it is. Yes. Man, man of sorrows or party animal? <laughs> yeah, I think that's an important question for us to ask ourselves right now because Jesus wasn't just a man of sorrows. I imagine sometimes you go to funerals, don't you? And they are so sad that you actually forget that the person who's been remembered was actually quite joyful. Who's ever been to a funeral like that? I have, yeah. And they're thinking, well, you've missed the point here. I know this is a sad moment, but actually this person's full of joy. They've had an amazing life. I remember once I did a funeral, and the person had lived to 90, yes. Uh, and they'd had a very happy life. They'd had lots of kids, lots of grandkids. They'd lived very successfully. I've never been to such a grief-stricken funeral. I was thinking, what's going on here? 
This isn't a true indication of a person's life. And actually, sometimes we are guilty of that with Jesus. The accusation to Jesus uh, was that he, Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors. Verse 16. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. Uh, for there were many who followed him. Let me just tell you a few things about Jesus. This wasn't the only party he went to. Yes? Who do you not invite to parties? You don't invite the person to the parties who's going to sit in the corner looking sad. Are you? You know, you know, if you're that person, you'll notice you've not been invited to a lot of parties recently. Yes? You don't invite that person to, uh, to parties. Jesus, if you think, when he spoke about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, I know it doesn't, you know, it's written in ancient Greek. Of course it is. The sense of humor, which is contained in Scripture, in Jesus' absolutely tearing those people apart, is lost to us. Actually, the people were laughing in response to the things that Jesus said because Jesus was a joyful human being. Of course he was a joyful human being. He was God. He created all things. This was his world. This was, these were his people, the apple of his eye. Scripture tells us that he rejoices over us with dancing. God doesn't sit in heaven being miserable that he ever made you. He treasures you. He is joyful because of you. And actually, in his earthly ministry, man of sorrows, yes, of course he was a man of sorrows, or else our salvation would have never been achieved. But people followed him, not because he was a man of sorrows, but because he was a man of joy. And the first thing that we need to learn in Jesus' prayer is joy. George, you know when we pray most of the time, we pray in desperation. And that's good. Let me just say, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not ever going to stand here and say, well, if you're desperate, don't pray. Of course, prayer is one of God's gifts to us in times of desperation. Who's found that to be true? Of course it is. If you're desperate, you, you better pray. Because prayer changes things. Prayer changes things forever. Come on, Jesus. Yeah. But I want us to look at Jesus' life here and see that there is joy. Joy. There, the Holy Spirit is upon him. And there is joy. And I want to say to us right now, I think some of us in our lives are going through trouble and difficulty and hardship and sorrow. And if I did a survey for some of you right now and we did like a happiness checklist, happiness wouldn't score very highly. But I want us to understand that joy and happiness are very, very different things. Did you know that? You, you know that. You're smart people. You choose joy. You choose joy. You know? Happiness is sort of 
reliant on circumstances outside of your control. If that Dave gave me a million pounds, I would be happy. Margaret would not be happy. Yeah. <laughs> but I would be happy. Yeah. If, uh, if your football team wins, then you would be happy. Unless you were a Tottenham Hotspur fan, and then you would be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> you know, happy is outside of yourself, whereas joy is a decision which Jesus made and that we make. And I want us to understand that in our prayer life, we can choose to be joyful despite our outward circumstances. Are you sad in your life? Are you going through trouble that's, that's external to you? I just wanted to, to give you the example of Paul in the prison cell. Do you remember? He was in the prison cell. He was locked up. Uh, and at midnight, they were singing praises to God, weren't they? He'd been locked up unjustly, yet he was praising God. Now, is that joy or is that happiness? Is he happy that he's been locked up in the cell? No, of course he's not happy. If you were all locked up in prison today, you would not be happy. But in that prison cell, can you choose to be joyful? Yes, you can. He's, and, and Jesus, even though he knew what was ahead of him, absolutely, he knew that he would go to the cross and die horribly for our sins, he chose joy. And I, I just want to say to us right now, that in this moment, Jesus is inviting each one of us to have spiritual joy even if our circumstances are not happy. And for some of you, that's really, really important, and I believe powerful for you, and you will see the evidence of this in your life and in your, your situation. Jesus chose to be happy. Now, fabulously, in this passage, you see some of the values uh, that, that, um, that Jesus helps us with so that we can choose joy instead of just the external happiness. And let me just look at this, uh, go back to that passage. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children because you have revealed them to little children. And reveal, pray with Jesus. When Jesus was praying, he was excited about God's revelation to little children or the disciples. So the first thing I'm going to say to you is that if you want to experience joyfulness in your prayers and in your life, yes, then the attitude of a little child is a wonderful thing, yeah? Uh, now, I don't know, you know, we, we look at children, and sometimes we'll see children running around, and 
and making a lot of noise. It's amazing how that wonderful child that you thought would be so fulfilling, when they start screaming, it can be quite annoying. Yeah? It can be. The thing that you thought would be fulfilling and joy-giving is actually quite annoying. Who knows that children are annoying? Come on, give me a high five. <laughs> if, if there are child, children, smaller children, good, they're all in the other room. We can do high five. You can high five anybody you want right now. Children, lovely, but annoying, yeah? But the fact is, their attitude is, a f is fabulous. Now, in our house the other day, my... Uh, uh, I won't tell you which of my children it was, because one of them's actually in the room. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was, a, there was an incident with a towel, and I think it's, it's a beautiful thing for us. All right, they, the child had washed their hands. Who, says, who knows that's a miracle? Hey, who knows that's a miracle? And then they wanted a towel, yes, to dry their hands. But they, didn't, they couldn't compute the complexity of finding a towel. Yes? So, I had to find a towel for them, yes? Then give them the towel, and then they dried their hands. Now, at this moment, yes, you'd think, well, uh, then uh, they put the towel away, or they put it back on its hanger, and then get on with their lives. But at this moment, they were perplexed and confused. I've dried my hands with this towel. What do I do now? with the towel. This is the, yeah. And they thought, well, Daddy gave me the towel. I'll give him the towel back. So I stood there whilst my child, and I'm not telling you which one it is, yeah, walked over to me, and shall we say they're older, old enough to know better. They walked over and handed me the towel. And I said, what? So I'm my official role in life is to be the towel holder for you. Yeah? And they're like, well, you know, what else was I supposed to You gave me the towel. I'm giving you back the towel. Yeah? Well, surely you should be able to do something with the towel. You should be able to put it away. You should be able to put it on a hanger. But no! Because they were utterly reliant on their parent. Yeah? Now, now that's frustrating, obviously, but I think it's just a fabulous picture of what we should have and what brings joy in our relationship with God. We, and I'm not saying that it's acceptable to do that, whichever child it was, yeah? But I'm saying it's a fabulous picture to say, yeah, actually, I am utterly helpless without God. I'm utterly helpless. I can't even put the towel away. And actually, sometimes that is how our lives feel. And I'm actually saying to you, that's a good thing because it's childlike. You know, in some of our lives right now, we're going through things and we do not know how to sort it out. We don't know how we're going to deal with it. We don't know what the solution is. It, and we're looking at those issues and we're thinking, well, it seems very simple but I do not know what to do. It seems like this is an issue that lots of people face and they have to deal with it at loads of times, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And I want to say to you, I want to say right now, as we reflect upon Jesus' prayer, Jesus revealed things to the little children. And for you right now, you are a little child. And that is good.
you know, you're not self-sufficient. You're not helpless. Sorry, you're not, you're not able to sort everything out. You're helpless. And God says, hey, welcome to joy. You are reliant on me. And I want to encourage you with that thought right now. To be reliant on Jesus brought him joy like a little child. Beautiful. I'm going to have to put these glasses on. Right. Ah, oh, lovely. Just put this one up. Oh, no. We'll, go. we'll come to that in a minute. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. God is giving to you his joy right now. That's a pretty good quality of joy, isn't it? That's, that's grade A, top quality. That's the gold standard, isn't it? God is he's giving that to you now. Receive from me. And for people right now, especially if it's, if it's sad times, if it's difficult times, if you feel helpless, if you feel uh, that you've not got a clue how you're going to sort this out, God is giving you his joy. Anyway, what's the next thing? I'll just tell your neighbor again. God's kingdom. Tell you, no, go on. Thank you. Somebody do it with Giselle. God's kingdom is in you, yes, and you are in God's kingdom. And <laughs> this is just fabulous. I love this. Right, that. So, what was it that we read in that in the other part of Jesus' prayer? I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. We're trying to adopt God's values in our prayers. And as we've seen, that sort of helplessness coming to God and his joy. But I, I, this, this seems a bit stern to me because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned. Basically, Jesus is happy. Jesus is happy because pompous people have misunderstood. That's, that's literally what we're learning there. Pompous people. The Pharisees, they've misunderstood. Yeah, the Sadducees, they've misunderstood. The, the high priests... Uh, Bring in the offerings at the temple. They've misunderstood. Yeah, The people of power and authority that we looked at over these last few weeks, they've all misunderstood. And is Jesus happy about that? Yeah. You're happy. Because these guys have got to come down, our peg or two, before they've got any chance of receiving the same joy that he's offering to those who are helpless and reliant. And, and I just think, ah, that is... It's challenging, but I'll tell you what's challenging about it. 
As Christians, it is very easy to be pompous. I'm just going to throw that right out there now. You know, as religious people, you know, we, we are people who want to be loving in our relationships with, with God. But I'm going to tell you, I've seen lots of Christians, and I'm going to be honest, I've probably been, let's say, I have been in that situation sometimes where the fact that I've come into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ has brought transformation to my life, but it's actually made me pompous. It's actually, and I'm just going to say it as it is, it's made me think I'm better than you are. No, not you specifically, but others who haven't got the same walk with Jesus. And the way that I conduct my faith and the way that I practice my faith is better than others. You know, as Christians, well, put your hands up now if you've ever seen a pompous Christian. Just put your hand up now. Yeah, have a look round. You feel the draft. There's a lot of us who are pompous. And what is Jesus? Is he happy that those people don't understand? Yes, he is. Yeah? And I just want to say that to us, if we want to be making an impact for Jesus Christ in our lives, if we want to be seeing the transformation that he longs to bring in your life and in my life and in the lives of the people on this island, there is no place for that pompous, I'm doing it right and you're not. God is saying, hey, look at these disciples. They're giddy. They're giddy. Is there any dignity there? Are they sat there in serene contemplation as they think about the powerful things that God has done? No. They're coming in and they're going, whoa, I was casting out demons better than he was. Yeah. You should have seen what I saw with my eyes. It was incredible. It was amazing. It was mind-blowing. What's that? Oh. Now, I'm not saying that that's prong because I like a little bit of even song. I like a little bit of traditional, you know, I love like the Anglican prayer book or any other prayer book uh, of of traditions. I love those because they're so rich. But what I'm conscious of is sometimes me, as a follower of Christ, can start thinking, I know better. Jesus is saying to me, hey, I was happy when those people didn't understand. And I'll be happy if you're going to behave like that if you don't understand. What I want is that childlike giddiness. That's too silly. This is Jesus. This is his kingdom. I'm not letting any of that pomposity which has cursed the church. That's not going to infect what I am. Jesus says, I'm happy when you don't understand if you're going to be like that. And it's just a moment, whoa! <laughs> you know, I, I hope nobody 
I'm sure that nobody's like that, but we're all tempted. We're all tempted when it becomes about honoring me. When it it comes to respecting me and my position. It's not that. It's about me and Jesus being childlike. Me utterly reliant on him and absolutely fighting against my desire, my natural impulse as a human being to let religiosity and pomposity sneak into my life. Anyway, I need to uh, rock on here, but I just want to see, just uh, want to draw things to a close and say, God is inviting us to joy in our prayers. And, and, he, and in our prayer life, he wants to replace the characteristics that we would f- uh, choose for our lives in terms of happiness with the characteristics of joy. God wants us to decide to be utterly reliant upon He wants us to choose to be giddy about Jesus. He wants us to choose not to be about people looking to you to honor you and give you the respect you think you deserve. It's not about that. It's about God's kingdom in you. I wonder if the musicians could join me back on the platform as as we do so. And I feel that I really just want to pray into certain situations right now. I wonder if you could stand with me if you're able to. I want to embrace that inner child. For some of you right now, you're feel you feel helpless. God wants to say to you, that's okay. It's okay to feel helpless right now. Let me bring joy as you utterly have to rely on me. In those moments of utter helplessness, my prayer and Jesus' prayer is that the kingdom of God is evident in you. His prayer is that you realize that God's kingdom is in you. He he invites you to put aside your chasing after happiness, those external things that can bring you happiness. And instead, whatever your happiness state, to choose to be content what Christ gives to you, to be empowered by what Christ gives to you, to see the power of his kingdom unleashed in your life, even in the the helplessness that you find yourself in. God is saying, yeah, I know you feel helpless. I know you feel that this is too complicated for you to deal with, but 
in that very moment, my kingdom is overflowing in your life. Want prayer? Uh, please make your way forward in the last song, or speak to me afterwards. I'm very happy to pray with you. Lord, I bless you. But God's kingdom is in these people, and that as we choose to follow Christ, then we are in your kingdom. We worship. Before we uh, sing the last song, just a couple of announcements I just need to draw your attention to. Uh, we have a baptismal service coming up. If you are a follower of Christ and you have not yet been baptized, the next step, according to Scripture, is that you be baptized by full immersion. And so if you have not yet been baptized, then Janet will take your name at the desk. Go and see her. She would love to write your name, to add your name to the list of people uh, who are getting baptised. Also, on the 5th of May, we're going to have another games night, so we can uh, come and experience sadness as you lose. Yeah, yeah. But joy, as you find the inner joy that comes from losing badly. Uh, but make sure you put that into your diary. Now, we also need lots of help uh, for kids, church. We need people to help us with the trailblazers. We need people to help in our music. We need somebody to play one of these. We need somebody to play one of those. That would be very helpful, and I know that God's calling certain people here.